Well, good evening. Welcome to Tuesday Evening Chapel. Turn to the person next to you say, I'm glad you're here to see me. Ah. We're privileged this evening to have our uh, speaker for the evening is uh, Susan McKithen. I said it right. All right. Susan McKithen, she's the Connection Pastor down here at Springs First. Let's welcome her. Susan, thank you for She's going to bring us the word. Let us all stand as we worship this evening. We will go where he wants us to go. We will move where he wants us to move. We will serve where he wants us to serve. And we will love whom he wants us to love. Amen. Amen. He loves people. Amen. You may be seated. Good evening. Thank you so much for this invitation. It's a real honor to be here to share with you tonight. And God has a message. Um, when I was 19 years old, I transferred from a state college to Peabody Conservatory of Music to study uh, classical guitar. And it was there at that secular music school that I came to know Christ as my Savior through a Friday night student Bible study of other Christian music students. I started attending the Church of the Nazarene there while at school, started dating my husband, Tim, and after five years of study, we were both getting ready to graduate, and our pastor of the Nazarene Church was also getting ready to retire. He was a pastor characterized by love for people. And he would go to Dunkin' Donuts uh, once a week. And even though he didn't work at Dunkin' Donuts, he would pick up the coffee pot and he would walk around the store and fill everybody's cup of coffee up and talk to them and show his love for them and show concern for their needs. Well, I'll never forget Pastor Perry's last sermon before he retired. Now, somewhere in the middle of his sermon, he looked over at Tim and I, who are sitting right over there, and he singled us out by name in his sermon. And he began to speak to us as if he had written the sermon just to us. And he said, and I'll never forget these words, and we haven't all through our years of ministry, he said, Tim and Susan love people. Well, this is the title of this message this evening, Love People. Nazarene Bible College students love people people, future pastors' wives, future children's pastors, love people, future youth pastors, future counselors, future worship leaders, love people, future evangelists, future teachers, future admi administrators, future missionaries, future professors, love people. In the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, verses 25 through 37, it is recounted that on one occasion an expert of the law asked Jesus, 
What must he do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus jogged the expert of the law's memory by asking him what the law said. And the expert of the law answered, love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. Then the expert of the law asked Jesus, who is my neighbor? Well, then Jesus told him of a Samaritan who took pity on a man who fell into the hands of robbers and bandaged his wounds and found him an inn where he received care. So Jesus said to the Samaritan, no, Jesus said the Samaritan was acting as a real neighbor. And Jesus told the expert of the law, go and do likewise. So in this parable known as the Good Samaritan, Jesus is telling us to go and do likewise. Or in other words, Jesus is saying, love people. In the letter written to the Ephesians, chapter 5, verses 1 and 2, Paul writes, Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Live a life of love. Well, I remember the apartment on St. Paul Street there in Baltimore, Maryland, and uh, my roommate was Debbie, and this was when we were studying at Peabody Conservatory of Music, and Debbie and I had a first floor apartment where all the mailboxes were outside our door, kind of in the opening foyer. And it wasn't long before I noticed a little frail old lady coming up from the dark staircases below to check her mailbox every day. She wore a kerchief over her head and she was all bones and very wrinkly skin. She was a curious lady, scared to make contact with people. She never had any visitors and she never seemed to leave the building except to come up to look for her mail. Well, my heart went out to her and little by little, I made friends with her. Her name, I found out, was Miss Travers, and she had never married, so she had no children, and she told me she had no living family. She was all alone. Well, I started to visit her down in that hole of apartment below us. Not having much money, she did not use her electricity, and it was dark when I went inside. But when I would go inside, the light from outside would shine in, and I could see the little cockroaches just scurrying to their hiding places as I walked in. Well, a love in my heart began to grow for this little, frail, lonely lady. So one day, I took her out to lunch, and I bought her a grilled cheese sandwich and ice cream. Well, she hadn't been taken out for a long time, and for her, she was just so happy. I think that little Friendly's restaurant was like the Broadmoor's most exclusive restaurant. It was a really happy day for Miss Travers. Well, as a music student, I was preparing my senior guitar recital, and that would be an hour's worth of memorized music. Well, I invited Miss Travers to come to the recital, and I begged her, please come. I want you to come to the recital. And she said, no, 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 no. She didn't feel worthy to go to the Peabody Conservatory of Music to a concert. But I said, no, please, come. 
She would be my most honored guest. I just wanted her to be there. Well, I remember after giving that recital, I was elated to see Miss Travers. And all my Christian friends had heard about Miss Travers and from the stories that I had told them about her. And so they all ran over to her and gave her hugs and they wanted to meet Miss Travers. And she just had this whole group of students hugging her and meeting her. She really was kind of like the honored guest, the honored queen. And uh, the love that I had developed for Miss Travers was now put in my friends' hearts and they were expressing that to her. So I think that was another really special day in the life of the once lonely Miss Travers. Well, when I graduated, I made sure to get one of my freshman Christian friends to promise me that they would visit Miss Travers so that she would continue having some friends and visits. Well, the Apostle Paul writes to the Corinthian church in chapter 13, and now I will show you the most excellent way. Love never fails. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Well, the Lord has put in my heart a love for many special, unlikely people who I've had the privilege of befriending over the years. My dear friend Josefa was a desperate poor mother of five who had their children, her children begging on the Argentine streets. She came into my New Life Sunday School class one Sunday. Well, Josefa did not even know how to communicate. She just grunted, sounding somewhat like an animal. Uh, she was lice-infested. She smelled very badly. And I could see that she needed a lot more than this Sunday school lesson. She needed a bath. She needed a haircut. She needed a water supply in her home because she had no running water. She needed a job. She needed help in raising her children. And she could not read. I am so thankful for Josefa because she taught me and my church so much. For the next three years, I learned how to help Josefa. And others in the church joined me. I mean, they really joined me. We had a lice removal team of ladies who tackled the heads of her children and her. A hairdresser volunteered to cut Josefa's matted hair. Other ladies cleaned Josefa's clothes. The men even got involved, and we ended up digging a well for her and put in a bathroom and a toilet and a sink in her kitchen. Josefa came to my house once a week and would sweep our steps and our patio and uh, our walkway for a small stipend. What was most amazing was how she began to talk. And I can still hear how she said my name. I loved how she said my, my name. She'd say, hola, Susan. So sweet. Well, in church, I would sit with Josefa. We would take up a whole row, Tim and I, and Josefa and her five kids. Well, our son just returned from a year in Argentina, and he said that Josefa and her children asked for us. They are still attending church and Sunday school. Love did not fail, Josefa. Monsi, 
one of our apartment neighbors when we lived in Spain, was a pregnant young woman. Monsi and her boyfriend lived below our apartment. Well, I could hear Monsi crying many nights. We would hear arguing and yelling and then crying. Well, I began to be very worried about her and especially the uh, unborn baby that she was carrying. And I was thinking, how could I help this young, unhappy woman? Well, I began to reach out to Monsi by just saying hello to her when we passed each other in the foyer. And curiously enough, the other people in our apartment building warned us. They said, don't talk to them. Those people are trouble. Well, they were correct. Things did not look too good with Monsi. She would get dressed up at night, late at night, and go out. And then she would come back early in the morning with her protector boyfriend. However, love in our hearts for them was stronger than our fear of them. And God put the desire in our heart to invite them for Christmas dinner. So we had Monsi and Carlos for dinner on Christmas. And we had a good time with them. And Tim and I had gotten a present for them. It was a Christian CD of music. Well, we were really surprised one night when, after we had gone to bed, we heard from below a Christian tape playing. Each night, we started to hear it over and over again. And then, curiously enough, we heard Monsi singing along with a C CD. And weeks later, knowing every single word. So instead of the crying and the fighting, we heard Monsi singing. It was so beautiful. Well, eventually, Monsi had her baby. And after many times together, Monsi and Carlos started to attend our Nazarene church, church there in Barcelona. And they dedicated their baby. Well, Monsi had some serious problems from when she grew up. And eventually, the state had to take away her baby because she was not able to take care of it. But Monsi did accept Christ as her savior. Over all these virtues, compassion, kindness, humility, humility, gentleness, and patience, the Bible says, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Love did not fail Monsi and Carlos. Well, how is your love for people meter doing? Are you living a life of love, just as Christ loved us? Have you had any love-your-neighbor experiences lately? When was the last time you were the Good Samaritan? People are just not used to being on the receiving end of the love of God. An absence of God in the heart is described like this. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, without love, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, to name a few from a long list in the second letter to Timothy, chapter 3, verse 2. Well, those words seem harsh and rough, but that is the truth about the heart before it is surrendered to God. But this is the norm in our world. In the Gospel of John, chapter 5, verse 43, Jesus says of those who have not believed, I know that you do not have God's love in your hearts. I have come in my Father's name, and you do not accept me. But as Christians, 
We have been on the receiving end of God's love. In the first letter written by John in chapter 3, verse 1, it says, How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And one chapter later, in chapter 4, verse 10, it says, He loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. So that selfish self-centeredness has been forgiven and purified. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and purify us from unrighteousness. Now with faith in, in Jesus Christ, according to Romans chapter 5, verse 5, I love this verse, God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. It makes all the difference in the world in ministry when we have a genuine love for people. And with the love that God pours into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, we're able to love. I'd say love is the number one ingredient for a successful ministry. It transforms people. Love is attractive. It draws people to Christ. The love chapter uh, in the Bible, 1 Corinthians 13, shows us just how important love is. It says, if I have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have not love, I am nothing. If I have not love, I gain nothing. So the world is waiting to see God's love through you. In what forms can it be shown? Well, it could be by offering your apartment to a homeless family, as one of our NBC, NBC students did recently. I'm looking right at him. It could be by inviting a homeless family to your home for Christmas dinner. I know another Nazarene Bible College student who did that. Well, it could be buying Christmas gifts for a family of five, as one church family did as a love project. It could be helping out an army wife who has a deployed husband by babysitting their child every once in a while. It could be offering to pick up someone to bring to church on Sunday, even if it's convenient, inconvenient for you. It could be visiting an older person in their assisted living facility. It could be by offering to sit in church with a visitor or a single person. So whose name comes to mind? Whose face might you see? What person has God put in your path recently that you can show the love of God to? As Jesus said to the expert of the law, referring to the Good Samaritan, go and do likewise. Love people. I think we're going to have that response song. Thank you, Pastor Nels. God, thank you for your word tonight. May we put on love, Lord Jesus, to love one another as you have loved us. 